Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pit Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is uh, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, full studio on this particular episode of the show. Tony Wink in studio, PJ Duran. Also, we have uh, one of our past regular hosts, and that is Mark Bennell from Pole Position Raceway. In studio, one of our topics will be the top 11 motorcycles that changed the history of motorcycling. We'll be talking about that probably throughout. Uh, and, and, and I listen, it's, it's, it's a matter of opinion, but I think we all agree on many of them, the top 11. And there's probably some bikes you'd like to see in there as well. But uh, that's our open topic uh, conversation throughout the program. Glad you're with us. Uh, we'll want to uh, welcome uh, Sublime with Rome. Uh, Zach Band is going to be joining us. Is that true? Is that who it is, Tony? I'm, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm missing it. No, we had. Um, yeah, there's Ro- we actually have Rome on the show. Sweet. From uh, Sublime. So Sublime with Rome band, band member, the front name, uh, front man will be joining us. Frankie Fritz from American Pickers is scheduled to join us in hour number two. Dave Salicki uh, is joining us. Hayden Gillum is joining us. And Garrett Gerloff. Before we go there, before we go to our very first guest, let's go to PJ Duran with Hot Topics. PJ, what do you got? I will try and keep it brief, but this weekend from Barcelona, Spain, MotoGP was an absolute cracking race. Mark Marquez came away with the win, but that wasn't really the story. Um, Jorge Lorenzo, a perennial competitor, took down himself, Valentino Rossi, as well as Rossi's teammate, Maverick Vinales, and uh, the current second-place uh in total points in MotoGP, Andrea Davizioso on the Ducati. What happened? What happened? He went in at a ridiculous uh, closing speed. Uh, the door closed on him. He tucked the front and literally took everyone down like bowling pins wow. on the second or third lap of the race. Uh, all the, Those are the top five competitors in the series. So Marquez had a pretty easy day of it. That was the story. Finished, followed by Fabio Cordoraro and uh, Danilo Pup. Petrucci, so it was a good race. But what was the reaction from the pits? Oh, there were a lot of upset people. I can only imagine. Uh, Jorge, to his credit, was very apologetic in post-race interviews. Uh, said it was his fault. It clearly was. There was no denying it. Uh, it was a racing incident, but uh, everybody, everybody's like, "Yeah, we knew it was your fault." Yeah, everyone laying this. on the ground with broken motorcycles was well aware. Um, yeah. They were not happy about it. And then, of course, our National Series 
competed in Utah this weekend, and I will just touch on the Superbike results. Tony Elias yet again doubles. Wow. Um, race two was a bit of an interesting one in that uh, they stopped the race 13 laps into the total of 23 for a red flag. Uh, unfortunately, Matthew Skoltz had an off and was a little bit uh, injured. I think he's okay, but uh, they had a 10-lap sprint after the red flag, and uh, Elias got the better of it. Bobier led the early half. Uh, you know, I, I love international style racing. I love our national series. Uh, and one of the things that we miss when we talk about only that, we miss the fact that High Point was underway. And Tony, this was a big weekend at High Point. Absolutely. And Eli Tomac is uh, definitely showing why he has the number one plate. And uh, Ken Roxon, but we were talking about Jason Anderson a little bit. That's a pretty good showing for him. Mark and I were talking about this off air, and I think that was – Mark, did you say Anderson ran out of gas? I mean, not f- literally ran out of gas, but f- figuratively. Physically. Physically. Yeah. I, I, you know, when when Anderson walked away, you know, when he got hurt and all that, I really didn't know if he'd ever really come back to wow. to be uh, be the true true star that he is. But, man, I'll tell you, he looked good this weekend. He manned up. Yeah. He rode well, and he was all about going forward and going fast. And then he just kind of ran out of steam, you know, which happens when, when you're uh, – not ready to come back completely, I guess. But I, he's there. I think he's back. So, Tony, Tomac and Roxon both have two overall wins, right? Yes. And uh, it's it's getting contentious, and I think the fans are buying into it. You agree? You know, it's, it's always um, – nobody wants to see a runaway, even if it's your guy. Yeah. It's always fun to see. You know, that's why, we, that's why we tune in week in and week out or go to the races and that kind of thing. And I know we have Dave Selecki – who uh, I used to work with at Wiseco, he was at High Point, and he can he can touch on a little bit more. Sure. But in the 250 class, Adam Cianciarillo got the win, but it's uh, H Law Hunter Lawrence who finished second, and that's a unless you've been paying attention, you don't know who that guy is, and and he's he's uh, Chase Sexton finished third, but H Law is is uh, a kid that is going to make a name for himself here. In, I like in that nickname by the way, H Law. It's kind of like J Law, but. Not as so Adam Cianciarillo. Less yeah, drama. He's, yeah, he's not, less <laughs> drama an and not as good looking. Uh, Hunter Lawrence, Chase Sexton, one, two, and three. Eli Tomac, Ken Roxon, Jason Anderson, one, two, three, and four fifty. Uh, either way, it's uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, let's go to the MXGP uh, finish and numbers from Latvia. It was Tim and and say this name is it Geyser or Geyher? uh pj is is that what it is and roman Feb- these names amaze me because even announcing international wrestling i don't see names like this and i apologize i'm not familiar okay uh tonus in third the mxgp results the mx2 results jorge prado uh, in first yago gertz and thomas gear olsen uh, must be Norwegian uh, in third. So we've got a lot of great racing coming up over the next week or two. We'll keep you updated as much as we can. Let's go to our very first guest. Tony, Tony you want to do the intro? Yeah, a guy we've had on uh, several times and, and one of our favorite guests. He is the contender in the Superbike Championship, the Moto America Superbike Championship. And um, I think he sits what? third place in points yeah, currently. Third in, in the overall standings. It's Garrett Gerloff. GG, he joins us. What's up, Garrett? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, buddy. Uh, back on the show. About time. Where you been? <laughs> <laughs> been busy trying to uh, get some wins, and been close a couple times, but I don't know, no cigar yet, so still well, you working better, on it. You better get cracking. We're a few rounds in, man. You've been all yeah, over the I podium. Know, trust me. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've, I've had some good races. I, 
I mean, when I when we left Utah, somebody told me that I had been on the podium six times in a row. So you know, that's not that's not too bad considering my first the first round of Road America. I had um, well, I crashed. That was my fault. But then I had kind of a a weird deal in the second race and cost me a, a podium. So uh, that's pretty cool. I guess I feel more or less consistent from um, from about the after the uh, the first round and on. So not too bad. And the second race at uh, at Utah, uh, it's uh, the fr- is the first one this year that we've had the split finish where you know you had a red flag. Uh, obviously, for safety reasons, they stop the race and do the balance of the laps as a essentially a second sprint. Was that the first one of this year? I mean, this happens on a somewhat regular basis. Yeah, that that was man. That was actually the first one that I can remember in a long time um, that we had a stopped race and and reset so uh i mean besides for maybe like rain or something but yeah first one and we needed it because cameron got a good start and he put his head down and put about two seconds between me and tony and and it was going to be tough to catch him in 10 laps so they kind of uh you know i hate that that matthew crashed but i also kind of got to give him a, a thank you on the side not that it changed my position in the end but but it was nice to be there and fighting for uh you know a win those last 10 laps after the red flag yeah you guys it was a Three-way battle to the line, uh, pretty much on, all the way into the last lap. Did you enjoy that new for uh, for our listeners? This year was the, to my knowledge, the first time Moto America's run that configuration of the Utah Motorsports Campus that you guys ran this weekend. A much shorter version of that ginormous facility than you have typically run in the past. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Honestly, like it was super fun and and. The first part was a lot more flowy, and I think really was uh, was good for the Yamahas for our for our ones. Um, I really felt like we we were strong through there, but it was it's honestly kind of cool just to do something a little bit different and and um, change it up every once in a while. So I really enjoyed it. I think the fans enjoyed it also because you know basically the cut uh, the track is cut in half, and I think there's a little bit more visibility for for those guys to be able to see what's going on, um, and it kind of kept everybody a little bit more um, you know cozy in, in one spot. So. I really enjoyed it. I think the fans enjoyed it. And um, I just wish we would have had that, I don't know, that 1% of, you know, something I'm missing to uh, to try to stick it up in there and, and win. But, um, yeah, if we go back, I, I really hope that they, they do the East course again. I think it was a good call. Yeah, it was, it was interesting to watch. Uh, it was a lot busier. I mean, comparatively, you would say Utah is uh, historically, and with the big course, been – akin to uh, Road America or Road Atlanta where you got a lot of straightaway, some time to maybe take a breather. It looked like you guys were working hard because it was nothing but corners. One corner in- instantly followed by another. Yeah, for sure. And I uh, I posted up a little story on my Instagram the other day. I have two pretty big gnarly blisters uh, on both of both my hands on the palm area just from pushing, you know, just counter-steering the bike the whole time um and you know i never get blisters at all so but to have i mean we're looking at you know about about two inches across it's it's huge so uh that's just the nature of how physical the track was and everything um but i still think it was worth it it was pretty fun did you did you fade at all i mean physically i mean I, it didn't look like it on the bike but do you did you get fatigued when you're out there no, I've I've been working really hard with my fitness and, and my training program, and it's it's been paying off. I felt great the whole race. Uh, I came off the track, and I mean it was pretty hot outside, but you know I was just sweating a little bit. But I had my breath. You know I wasn't like chasing that or anything the whole time. So I feel like that's been been working really well for me. Um, 
so so yeah no i felt i felt good it was just i don't know i felt like in the second race i just was missing just a little bit of of edge grip that i felt like i had in the first race and so that felt like it was kind of keeping me from being able to like stick a wheel in and get a good drive on tony or cameron and so i felt just like a, a passenger the whole time but it wasn't me fading physically no and did you think regarding that edge grip uh I mean, was it consistent, that slight lack of grip that you had in the first one? Was that consistent through the race, or did it change as your uh, race load of fuel went down or anything, or pretty constant throughout? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I had, when we start the race, I mean, we always have pretty decent grip, but, um, you know, sometimes just like weather conditions, uh, I think there was a little bit less sun on the track, and, you know, for whatever reason, I just felt like I had um, less edge grip. We didn't change anything on the bike, so I... But it was just, it was one of those things that, like, because the course was so flowy and so um, different than the year before, uh, it's really important to keep your momentum up, your corner speed up, to be able to uh, to carry that to your exit. And I just felt like I was struggling with that. A couple of times, I went into, um, you know, a couple of the, the right-handers, and I would be off the throttle, mid-corner, getting the bike set, about to drive off, and the rear would start coming around on me off throttle. So just, uh, yeah, not, not super fun, but... Um, but it started to clear up at the end, but just not enough to, like I said, just to get that drive on, on either one of those guys. They, they were riding super strong. They had been all year. And, um, but man, I want to beat them so bad. So it just kind of hurts again to be super close, but, but, uh, but not get it. But I'm not giving up. Well, Garrett, you've got, uh, You've got a fair bit of the season left. You're clearly right there, and uh, you know we all believe in you. You're gonna get the, you're gonna get the better of those guys. Everything's gonna line up for you someday. So I was noticing. I watched the races uh, through the awesome coverage of Moto America Live Plus online, and because you guys were running the East Course, as you said. They were using the other course actively. There were race cars out on the other part of the course. You could very easily see them in the background of a lot of the camera angles. Was that distracting, or did you guys did you catch glimpses of cars running on the other course while you were racing? No, not at all. Not not when I was racing, at least. I mean, when we put the helmet on, we're pretty focused on on what we're doing. Um, but no, I I didn't see anything, and I actually think that was a pretty cool, smart move by Moto America because. You know, historically, Utah has never been a big place for uh, to draw people out. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere in the desert, and and uh, it's a pretty strong Mormon religion around there, and they don't really do anything on on Sundays. So, um, but it was cool because there was a bunch of people walking around from the car race that was going on across the um, on the other side of the track. So, I think it's I think it was good just to have that kind of double activity thing going out there to bring and draw in more people, which was. Uh, which was really cool. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you said that about Moto America Live Plus. How, how good does it work? It's, it's awesome, right? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like GP pass. Yeah, uh, it is. I get, and I get to go, you know, unfortunately, I'm one of those guys who works at the dealership. I'm at work Saturday morning, but I get to watch all that coverage. It starts out real early, and it is live, so I get to see you guys go out and do your warm-up sessions, practice sessions, qualifying sessions, all of it. It, it is pretty killer. Uh, makes the day go by at work. Yeah, for sure. No, I love it too because as soon as I come off the track, I want to see you know what just happened in practice and qualifying and stuff, and kind of see what other guys are doing, see what I'm doing, kind of compare those two things. So it's honestly like a super awesome tool for for me too as a rider. So yeah, I recommend it to anybody out there listening. Moto America Live Plus, go sign up. I think uh, they have a deal going on since we're getting close to uh, halfway. So uh, in season, so yeah, go check it out. You got a about a month off, right? Until. Or it was a month, I guess. It's not now. 
Um, yeah, it's closing in. Yeah, yeah it three, is. Three weeks about. So, <laughs> so uh, what do you do in your in your in between races time? Funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. Uh, I've actually been stressing out all day today, trying to. I'm trying to get some just everything lined up um, because I have a few things going on. Um, I think, as most people know, this year um, I'm working with Josh Hayes. Um, he's my my rider coach. And he's also working with uh, three other guys, uh, Corey Ventura, P- uh, Cameron Peterson, and Bobby Fong. And Bobby's been doing awesome, by the way, too. Um, but we have like a two-week training camp that we're going to do the day after Laguna. And so I'm kind of just trying to organize my stuff, figure out uh, what I need to take with me and, and things like that. Um, and But the only reason why I have kind of a rush is because I'm planning on, as of right now, going to the, the German GP in um in uh well yeah in germany for for moto gp oh wow it's an hjc it's an hjc event and i'm an hjc rider and i want to be there to um so yeah just to support them and and to uh you know do like some autographs and stuff and just kind of you know bring out my name a little bit more on the european side of things and just let them know that hey i'm there and and uh one day i'd like to be here and all of that and then also just to support the the yamaha guys I got news uh, for you, dude. You're, you're you're repping Team USA uh, around the world, whether you know it or not. Your results uh, are speaking volumes. Um, up against the clock, Garrett, we got to give you a chance to uh, talk a little bit about your sponsors. Who are they? Who do you want to recognize? Okay, yeah, definitely for sure. Uh, big thanks to, to Yamaha, like always. They're the ones that have given me all the chances that uh, that I, that I've had. Um, Yamaha Financial Services, a big sponsor of ours. Yamalube, uh, Monster Energy. Cortex Leathers, HJC, HJC Helmets, like I was saying earlier, big uh, big supporter of mine, and I can't wait to go see them over there in, uh, at the German GP, uh, CD Boots, and really just my whole team, those are the guys behind the um, behind everything that keep everything running smoothly and put me on a good bike, my Yamaha R1, and, and keeping everything everything going. So big thanks to all those guys, everybody that supports the team, everybody that supports me, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Laguna. So little bit, that win. little bit, we're going to have uh, Rome Ramirez on with – from uh, the band Sublime with Rome, anything you want us to pass on? Oh man, <laughs> uh, no, I love Sublime. I, it's a good band. Tell him, uh, tell him I'm about to go listen to uh, one of his albums right now. <laughs> yeah. What, what's it, Jack? What's the, uh, the 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 song that just dropped? Is it uh, Turn Out the Light or Turn no. Light On? Light On. Okay, so that'd be the exact I'll opposite. Check it out. <laughs> I am so out of touch. Anyway, all right, Garrett, thank you so much, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Best of luck. Keep doing what you're doing, man. We are watching. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You betcha. Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly continues. More with Mark Bunnell from Pole Position Raceway in Grimes, Iowa. Not that far from Hicklin Power Sports. And I think that there's something going on there. You know, in that whole corridor with racing. And I think it's utterly very cool. They're busy from the moment they crack the door at 11 until they go to bed at 10. Okay? Is it 10, Mark, or 11? Are you? Are oh, you, I when think. When do you close? I, we close at 9, I think. 9. Or when the last. I didn't know there's two nines on the clock till the other day. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know there was two sevens or sixes. It was one in the morning. I didn't know about it. That's what happened when you uh, race motorcycles your entire career like you have, sir. Take a quick time out back after this. Stay tuned. Hey, uh, this is Roger DeCosta, uh, team manager for Red Bull KTM, and uh, you guys uh, better li- listen to Pit Pass. 
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v-rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v-rubber Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet. Eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, it's Chad Reed with Monster Energy Yamaha 360 Fly Chaparral Motorsport. Well, thank you very much, Chad Reed. Uh, we appreciate the uh, the intro to the segment. Uh, welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly for Ed Camp, Tony Wink in studio, PJ Duran as well. Uh, this is Scott Casper welcoming back our old buddy Mark Bunnell from Pole Position Raceway in Grimes, Iowa. Apparently, they close at 9. Uh, now that we've got that figured out. But I tell you what, you want to see some European fast, fast, and quiet cart uh, racing? Pole position raceway is the way to go. If you want to hold uh, business events, team building events with lunch and that type of stuff, they take care of you. They got special rooms for you, and then you finish the uh, the team building event with a race. Let me tell you something. That's a lot of fun, and it's completely different than anything you and your squad have done before. Tony? Yeah, so we went out there this Saturday, and it was uh, kind of a play on the Le Mans 24-hour, which – obviously I don't want to be in a go-kart for 24 hours, but it was the 2.4 hours. I did it with three drivers. We called it uh, two men and a baby because it was 
me and another full-size man and a very small man. Uh, it was so much fun. Was though. he your closer? He, uh, we started putting him in the in the cart. I said, "All right, we're gonna have to get caught up here." When the tires started smoking, you'd uh, put the baby in. Truthfully, we sucked. <laughs> Brad and I sucked. The, the, Kyler was, Hatch is fast, so he was he was doing his best to pull pull our weight too. But it's so much fun. We had for two hundred bucks. We rode and, and we split that three ways. It was a no brainer. It was so much fun. I had plenty. T- I even left there and went and raced motocross. The, you know so it's like it didn't burn a whole day and so we're doing that again what july 13th is that right july 13th 7 a.m sign up eight o'clock starts for uh, 7 45 qualifying yeah yeah so seven o'clock don't be doing that because people will show up late and i want to get out of there but that's yeah. what that was the perfect thing for me because i you know it it didn't burn up the whole day we were we were in and out of there and it was fun and you know what the we all said this the carts worked a lot better the second half it was like the the concrete got hot oh, yeah, the track gets your, hot it's just like racing anything your it, tires got hot it was cool oh, dude. yeah yeah when you got well it was 2157 laps those carts ever flipped is that we right flying um i haven't had one flip well let me take that back i did have two girls hit each other one time put one on its side but S- it, sisters but we were i mean we're hauling out did there. they it's, fight no, one was one wasn't capable of fighting because she was taking a little nap. Okay, a little sleepy. And, uh, the other one, the other one was shocked. And by the way, helmets are required to race. <laughs> yes, at pole position and adjust fibly. Only time are. I've ever seen that happen, as a matter of fact. Well, one other time. I've Started the show off with Garrett Gerloff and a great interview there. Next up in the wings, Tony, we have Hayden Gilliam. You want to do the intro there, sir? Doesn't take much. He's the uh, another Kentucky kid, and he is. Crushing it in the super sports. We'll bring you on now. Hayden Gillum, how are you? Hey, guys. How are you? Good to have you back. Yeah, yeah. Good to have. Good to be here. Tell you, us tell us about your season. Not, not too shabby so far. Leading the points. Yeah, yeah. Got the points lead right now. Uh, you know, it's it's not going too bad. Had a couple rough races early on. Uh, had to get my had to get my head kind of back in the right in the right space and. Yeah, the last couple races have been really good for us. I want to ask you a question, though. What took your parents so long to get you your first dirt bike? Because, let's face it, your first motorcycle, I should say, and you got it at six. Most kids um, that are as good as you are get their first bike around three. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, they were kind of – it was me and my older brother and my little brother. I think they were waiting – for my little brother to get to the right age, and uh, once he once he turned four, I think that was it, it was about ready for us. All you had to do is run over to the Haydens; they've got a barn full, and say, "Can I borrow that one, that one, and that one?" There, you got your bike. <laughs> what was your first bike? Uh, I wish uh, it was a little XR uh, Honda XR fifty. XR fifty. Oh wow! Yeah. Do you still have it? No, it's, I don't know where it is now. It's probably probably in a dumpster somewhere a dumpster <laughs> been used up oh yeah hayden have I, you been I tend, I, I tend to to really destroy bikes whenever i have them okay so you go to the tony wink school of motorcycle care and handling i just push them off to the side and get another <laughs> pj yeah yeah hayden i was just wondering have you been doing much in the way of flat track this year my apologies for not knowing the answer i know uh you've certainly historically been a guy who does some yeah, uh, no. This this year, I decided to to take the the year off from flat track. Uh, 
the last three, four years, um, you know, I've just, I've been driving everywhere, doing everything. And, uh, you know, I just, I hadn't, I hadn't seen some friends and family in, in quite a long time. And I hadn't really been home in Kentucky much. And so this year I decided to just focus on the road racing stuff. Uh, not, not really worry about the flat track side and, uh, you know, just be home more, just kind of, you know, relax and, and, and have more fun. Hayden, is that easier for you to, to focus on, on your road racing when you're not you're not splitting your time between dirt and road racing and concrete or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, it's it's definitely a lot easier. You know, it just it just gives me more time to 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 really focus on what I need to do for my riding style for uh, you know, just working on the road racing stuff and uh, you know, for for me the first couple races this year didn't go very good and uh even i mean i walked away with two wins in the first two weekends but also had two crashes and uh you know i just my head wasn't really in the right i, I just wasn't in the right state of mind and uh, i just i needed to relax a little bit more and uh i wasn't having as much fun and and now you know the last couple weekends i've, I've kind of got back to where i need to be and i'm just having a blast riding are you still doing a, a fair bit of your own driving? Or are you are you now one of those uh, fly-in pros? Uh, all the close races I've, I've, I'm driving to, because I, st- I still like driving, you know, and then having my own vehicle and everything there. Uh, but the race for Utah uh, flew into uh, a little bit early and hung out with the team up in Park City. And now, uh, now we're in Denver doing the... Uh, doing a rick school uh, working on some stuff are you uh you, you're doing rick school are you a guest instructor at that deal um it's kind of it's kind of like I'm, I'm working on my own stuff they're they're kind of helping me with what i need to to work on and and then you know whenever if anybody has any questions or anything like that you know me and uh nick mcfadden and all of us can kind of help and you know watch a little bit whatever we can and kind of chime in where we can and what and just help help if we can and that's called what's the name of that's the ridiculous racing uh team school right yes i got a i got a student question for you if you don't mind hayden um so when you're when you're racing and you're processing the track in your head and I don't know if anybody else does this, but the, as I'm getting older and I'm 41 now, but I'm racing motocross and again, quite a lot. And, uh, I will sit and, and even sometimes with my eyes closed and just like process the track and I'll go through the whole track and think about really focus on how I'm going to do every corner, every jump, everything. Do you guys do that in road racing? And, and do you sit and just process the track and, and, and think about go through your race before it even happens and that kind of thing and just kind of visualize or am I, is that, you know what I'm oh. talking about? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, every, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody does that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it's good to do that. It kind of keeps you focused on, on where you are and, and what you're doing. And I know before the races, most of us will go find, especially this last weekend, we didn't know the track, uh, and it was most of our first time around it. So all of us were trying to find videos, uh, walking the track. I mean, there was more people doing the track walk this last weekend 
than I've seen in quite a long time. So, you know, everybody's trying to get every little bit of advantage and edge that they can and, and definitely going and getting into your into your own head and trying to memorize every tiny little thing is, is a big deal and a big part of it. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting aspect of this past weekend that it was, in fact, a new uh, layout for everyone. Uh, do, do you like going to a new track? It doesn't happen that often in our national series. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was my first time around it. I know um, the the ridiculous guys uh, they do schools there, but I had I hadn't been to one yet, so that was my those were my first laps around the track and. Uh, man, it was a really fun track. It was, uh, super flowy. It was really technical. Um, and I mean, it, it put a beating on your body and that first race was only 14 laps and it felt like 30 and then race two, we went up to 19 laps and that was just, it was very, it was super brutal. I'm still a little bit sore from it. My hands got pretty tore up, uh, just working the bike and, uh, yeah, I mean it was it was a ton of fun. It was a great track. Uh, I just I needed to work on on how to save the tires a little bit better there. And uh, we just had Gerloff on. I don't know if you'd heard it, but he said, yeah, he had a he had ginormous uh, blisters in the palms of his hands. Of course, he's riding a super bike. What I found interesting after watching uh, all the races from the weekend, you guys were only like the the super sport class. You're only about two seconds off the super bikes. Uh, is what it seemed like. Does that sound about right? Yeah, we were our our fastest times were, were about two seconds off, and uh, you know it just depends on the track that we go to. But um, you know that being a smaller track, not as fast, uh, we we tend to be able to get a little bit closer, but jump the corners quite a bit better than six hundred. And you know they've got this super bike. Yeah, that was that to me was surprising. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, Hayden. But actually, what Garrett said was, I asked him if it was really hard and if he started to fade or anything like that, and he said, not at all. The track was demanding, but it didn't bother him at all. But he was watching the Super Sport class, and he noticed the leader around that that track was uh, seemed to be sucking wind a little bit. Does that ring a bell at all? <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he didn't say that. That's uh, a nice try to get an inside riot there, though, Tony. That was real good. <laughs> so, what are you looking forward to uh, other than a few weeks off here? I mean, what's your what's your favorite track yet to come? Uh, man, that's a tough one. I know. I know. I'm looking forward to Laguna getting getting back in front of the the world superbike guys and. Um, you know, last last year I didn't have the greatest weekend there. Uh, we ended up choosing the wrong uh, wrong tires, and it cost us a little bit. And, uh, you know, still ended up on the podium, but pretty far back from JD and Valentin. And so I, I got a little bit of redemption. I want to go into there, and and then I'm definitely looking forward to Sonoma. Uh, kind of the same deal there. I just I made some mistakes there. And and definitely looking forward to Pittsburgh. And honestly, every every track from here on out, I'm I'm a huge fan of. I love riding. And uh, you know, right now the seasons the the points are so close between me and Bobby, and and the racing is really good. I'm, I think these next these next five tracks that we go to are going to be 
going to be a lot of fun uh, to race and just to watch. And the big one for the season season ender, I mean, Barber's repaving midsummer. I'm kind of stoked to see those races on fresh pavement and see how you guys go. Oh, they're they're repaving, huh? Yeah, you hadn't even heard that, had you? That's that's the news no. in my end of the world. Uh, all my track day buddies, and uh, I've got a, a number of guys that work for some track day orgs. They're uh, based in the South Atlanta. You say track day dorks? Yep, the same. Th- it means the same. Sounds oh. sounds the same. Oh. <laughs> yes, my track day do- track day dork buddy friends. Uh, but they work for some of the orgs, and yes, that is the word. Is that they are okay. going to be doing a repave? I want to say August. Uh, I need to do a little more digging, but I think that's right where they had a break in their schedule. Um, but that's been news since last fall, actually, since your Moto America season ender last year. Okay. I had heard something about them, uh, you know, working on, on trying to get it repaved. But whenever whenever we were down there, I heard something about 2020 maybe. Um, and but, I, man, could be, be I could be behind it. Amazing. Hey, I mean – I hope it's this year. That'd be that'd be amazing. There's no telling how much how much quicker the track would be. I mean, it's already super fast, but definitely whenever it gets really hot out there, uh, it gets it gets a little greasy. But you know, it just it makes the racing really good. And man, that track is so fun. It'll be awesome uh, with some new pavement on it. I heard they're going to put. Uh like some speed bumps and some gravel, apex gravel in the corners, the cor- gra- a little bit of gravel, sure. some grass clippings. <laughs> They've already got <laughs> all of it. They've already got all of it. <laughs> I didn't think about grass clippings. Grass clippings would be a really nice feature. <laughs> oh you my know? God. All right, Hayden, up against the clock, who do you got to thank? Who do you want to thank? Uh, you know, I just got to thank the Ridiculous Racing Team. It's, yep. it's been a great great season so far. And, uh, you know, and then Bell Helmets, uh, Alpine Stars, Cycle Gear, uh, you know, just really everybody that's part of the team, everybody that's on my side, uh, it's, it's, there's so many names that it's hard for me to think of right off the top of my head. I probably should have wrote them down, but well, there's uh, always you know, hindsight, every, right? everybody that's, everybody that's there, they, they know who they are, but we appreciate your time, your insight and, uh, your humor is, uh, very refreshing because it's Kentucky humor born and bred, baby. Good job out of you. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, there it goes, Hayden Gillum. Hey, our thoughts and prayers are with the family of Giuseppina Robici, who died Tuesday last week in the southern Italian town of Poggio Imperio, where she was born March 20th of 1903. She lived 116 years and 90 days, and she was a huge fan of flat track. So uh, we're going to miss her, but uh, again, that's pretty much Europeans' oldest person who's died at 116 anyway back uh with the buddy of yours tony dave selecki right yeah i'm old buddy from ohio ohio all right stay tuned we'll be back after this hey it's colin edwards you're listening to pit pass radio with no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's track, A-D-D-I-X.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days.
With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 ProFit Advanced Ventilation Jersey and Premium Race Glove, and you have Generation Next racewear, built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike. For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. What's up, guys? This is Jay Sowen, Arena Cross Superstar. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Hey, do me a favor. Give your buddy, your father, your brother, your son, your friend, the gift of safety. Remind them that safety is paramount when riding motorcycles no matter where you are what time of year it is it doesn't matter safety is first remember there's sand on corners there's ro- uh, rocks there's gravel grass clippings grass clippings are huge don't blow your grass into the uh, into the street for goodness the sake. racing line yeah think about other people okay <laughs> so anyway welcome back to the show mark Bennell in studio from pole position tony wink scott casper pj duran uh we had garrett gerloff on early hayden gillum and uh tony you've got the next guest waiting in the wings yeah he's my buddy from uh used to work with him at wiseco and uh he was my boss i think from time to time or at least i wanted him to be the whole time um dave selecki who has designed and, and engineered more pistons than probably anybody in definitely more power sports pistons than anybody in north america was he in detroit uh ohio detroit pistons no i uh, know why a company called wiseco wiseco i remember yeah. it remember from them? wiseco yeah, sure from ohio sure. They, yeah 
Where's the, Dave at? Got the big van sitting out right out here. Yeah. So. Okay. What's up, Dave? How are you? How you been? I'm I'm well, Tony. Thanks uh, thanks for the nice intro as always. I think you meant Tony and Scott, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so, D- Dave, if you're no longer with the Big W, who are you with? What are you doing? Well, actually, I left the industry, and uh, it was kind of interesting thing that came along. And uh, I'm actually working in a industry that supplies like uh, big truck equipment, uh, snow plows and toolboxes, hitches, you know, all that real large truck equipment. That's and, cool. Yeah, it's been real interesting. I like those uh, the guys that would pull into my dad's gas station that worked on uh, Tony. What do you call it? Uh, skid loaders and, and 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 dirt movers of all kinds. But they always had those super big wrenches. I always thought those guys were cool. <laughs> and are you working in an engineering capacity there, Dave? Yeah, actually, I am. I'm uh, managing the engineering department uh, where we produce all of the carbon uh material so anything steel based uh, we also have divisions that produce aluminum and stainless steel but i'm in the i'm in the carbon steel division and uh yeah you you've raced for i mean you're you're a racer as much as i'm a racer it's in your blood that's what you do so when you have worked in the industry for a hundred years and you leave I, I know that uh, it wears being in the industry and going to races, watching races, your weekend passion, your weekend hobby is riding dirt bikes or racing dirt bikes. Um, you've, you and I have talked about this a lot over the years that you, you know, you have wanted to kind of get out of, get away from the industry a little bit so that you could enjoy it more. It's been a little bit now. So I think it's interesting timing to ask you this question. What's that? What's it like? Have, have you? I know you went to High Point this weekend. You just went down to to watch and enjoy yourself. What's it been like as a fan? And a, have you rekindled that that fire to uh, to ride dirt bikes and 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 follow the sport a little bit when it's not your job? You know, that's actually a great question, Tony. And uh, yeah, I uh, six months out of the industry, and I'm still kind of connected to it. I'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, going down to High Point. And being a fan rather than a guy inside the industry is really, it's kind of a, it kind of takes me back, you know, to before I was in the industry. And get that, you get that rush again. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely a different feeling. Um, you kind of miss the industry, but you kind of don't. I used to always joke that uh, I need to get out of the industry so I can ride more. And <laughs> it's actually come true. I, I think I ride ride dirt bikes more now than i did when i was in the industry because i just seem to have my weekends free i'm not as tied to it as i used to be so yeah it's uh it's an interesting perspective and it's a it's a really good question you're uh so you went down to high point how do you like buying tickets to races or did you or, or did you still use up some favors yeah well you know when you're in the industry as long as i was you still have some connections and i pulled a few strings and <laughs> For sure, yeah, I was able to get in and get the get the full on full on pass. You know, it's kind of hard to watch a race any other way. Um, so yeah, I had some connections and that worked out really well. Um, got to actually, it was it was what was great about it was I hadn't been to High Point in probably five or eight years or so, and wow. it was good to, good to actually see some people that that I haven't seen in a long time and connect with a few of the racers. And not being a a sales capacity. Yeah, yeah, not being a guy <laughs> twice 
know, the, uh, you know, 30, 31 years in the industry, 31 years with Weisco and uh, not be the Weisco guy, but it's funny. I still get a lot of Weisco questions. What's if, what's your favorite uh, memory of being in the industry for 31? Because you've seen the industry evolve. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting. You know, I, I think about that a lot actually. And going back over time, um, the introduction of four strokes was, was really interesting how that came about and, and its effect on the industry and, 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 uh, how people, uh, think about pistons and, and, and purchase them and choose what they're going to do next. Um, that used to be really different back in the day to what it is now. You know, that's, that's changed a lot over the years. I've noticed a moment that you're most proud of. Oh boy. That's hard to say. Um, just uh, really being connected with so many really, really impactful race teams and, and engine builders over the years and being able to work with those guys one-on-one and produce what they needed, you know, come up with a piston solution for what they needed to win races. I mean, we're talking everything from motocross to, to NASCAR championships. You know, those are those, I think, are proud moments for me as being able to to, to talk one-on-one with engine builders at that level. What about time spent with Tony Wink? How, where does that, <laughs> what does that rate for you? I was thinking about that. Uh, <laughs> last time I was out there was for his, uh, he had an event at the farm in uh, the Wisco Woods Cross. I remember. Uh, yeah, at my dad's farm, not the farm MX. Oh, thank Yeah, God. Scott yeah. looked at me funny. There's a racetrack called the farm MX. They closed <laughs> down, but. Oh, really? Yeah. I just remember going for that and how much fun I had. And Tony put me on a bike for a day and, just uh, had a great time riding around and kind of observing and being the industry guy, you know, and asking questions and checking in with people. It's it's always a good time. Drinking free Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> By the I case. Free food. I don't know about Red Bull. But, uh, <laughs> free, free food and free beers around. Yep. That was a good good time, the, the Woods Cross. We're doing another one in October. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's at the motocross track this time, but we have some ground right there. Um, that I will close on before that. Ev- actually, next month uh, we're set to close on it, and it's some ground that my dad used to own. So uh, it's it's going to be pretty pretty cool. We're going to have it's going to be a neat event, and and the Woods Cross always attracts a lot of people. It's special. It's within the the Iowa series, the off road series. But being on the motocross track, I'm everybody that races my local series in the motocross. I'm going to let race for free. Oh wow! And so. That'll attract, you know, not all the motocrossers. A lot of them would be like, eh, I don't want to ride in the woods or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be – it'll be interesting. And the offer is always there. If you ever want to oh, – yeah. if you want to fly out with your gear bag, you've got your pick of mini uh, weeded motorcycles to choose from that <laughs> you can <laughs> – We will also ship you free of charge. No charge for shipping. No charge for the product. Uh, fireworks. All you got to do is yeah. tell us what you want. Tony's fireworks uh, company is in full swing right now. Yes, we are. Uh, but I understand. Yeah, it's quite a lucrative business there. Well, well it did, can be. It's eh? also financially sound. <laughs> it is. It could also be pretty bad if if the uh, tornadoes come and pick up my my tent Tents. and blow them away like they did last year. We're talking with Dave Selecki, voted most likely to get lost in a crowd uh, by his uh, classmates upon graduation as a senior in high school. <laughs> Most likely yeah. to get lost in a crowd. Tony? Well, hey, I just wanted to say I heard that oh, the Mark, fireworks sorry. business was kind of up in the air. <laughs> Hardy <laughs> I thought it was exploding <laughs> with popularity.
taking <laughs> taking a lead from Scott right in there. Wow, right there. That was kachum right there. Kachum. Yeah. So uh, bring yeah. me back once a year, and that's, I come up with one. <laughs> you, you said you you were t- going to talk about it in a little bit. Uh, you're still involved in the industry. I know you're doing some stuff. Can you can you talk about that or not? Oh yeah, yeah, I can talk about that. I'm uh, when I left the company, I agreed to uh, consult with them for a while. So I'm still doing that, doing design work and consulting on new products so that they can, you know, get some direction there. They they kind of figure, you know, that that many years of experience, they want to keep tapping into it, and I'm I'm more than happy to help. I think it's uh, I think it kind of keeps me connected to the industry and kind of hearing what things are going on and kind of also give that outsider point of view that I didn't have before. You know, when you're inside the industry, you get a little myopic and don't think outside the box. When you see it from the outside, you, you see and hear things you wouldn't normally hear when you're inside the industry. Yeah, I got a question about that consulting. Are you ready? Sure. Because I've been in that situation as well. Isn't it amazing how much more they value you after you're out <laughs> when you're actually working there? <laughs> when you took look at it hourly or, you know, actually for the job? Yeah, I, you know, I think everybody says that. You're never more valuable than when you leave a company. But, um, no, I mean, they, it was a real uh, amicable split. You know, they, they knew I had a good opportunity when I left the company to kind of do more. And, you know, they hated to see me leave, but they also, you know, worked hard to, to try to keep me on board in some capacity. So I'm grateful for that. You know, it's you, you spend that much time with a company. I, uh, you know, I met my wife there. We started a family there. So, I mean, it's a, I got a lot of history with the company and I, you know it's uh it's good that they they remembered that and uh latched on to me and didn't didn't quite cut me fully loose you know, i'm sure one day that'll happen but the uh the the company really is you know with al pizzino and and uh bob defranco who hasn't been there as long as al but um there's there's a lot of you know if you go to a, a, a gncc or the loretta lens race or a lot of the outdoor nationals you know, everybody knows Al. Al Pizzino is like a staple in in uh, you know in in basically MX Sports or Racer Productions events. He's he's the guy that everybody knows. And then all the people that he doesn't know, I know a lot of them. So when we go to Loretta's, it's actually pretty fun. Any chance we can get you to come down to Loretta's? You probably they probably need you there to get that outsider looking in perspective that you can. You can, uh, I don't know, somehow build them for. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's it's funny the two names you mentioned. There's the two guys I've known the longest. I've I've known Bob since about 1980, 1979. We raced together coming up uh, locally, and uh, we used to go to the track and watch Al Pizzino race because he was one of the big pro riders, just nationally ranked pro back in the late 70s and early 80s. He was kind of iconic, you know. And uh, it turns out we ended up at the same company working together. Um, really, Al's a great guy. He's a, he's a road warrior. You know, you put him on the road, he can he'll, he'll he'll work to death, man. He's 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 one of the hardest working guys I know. And uh, every like you said, everybody knows him. They all know Action Al from Wisco. Uh, so you coming down or not? I hey, you know, the invitation's there. They uh, <laughs> part of my consulting program, so you never know. We got a camper you can stay in, probably. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you're bringing the the the, the Tony Wink uh, Sprinter van. Yeah, I'm going to bring the Sprinter van, but I think I'm going to bring the camper too. It depends on parking situation. If we can use it to, you know, somewhere near the start, um, and and get a plug in and that kind of thing, then then uh, I'll lend it to everybody that's 
race winning brands oriented. And yeah, uh, yeah it'd be I think it's worthwhile actually to have something like that because you've got I know a lot of people from the company come down and it's not that nice sitting underneath that that tent the whole time and it'd be nice to have some place for people to get out of the weather you know get out of the the heat and humidity yeah i'm sure it'll only be about 90 degrees and humid and then it'll rain i'm (laughs) ready i'm actually i'm ready for the 20 plus two laps in the heat and humidity i'm it doesn't bother me i rode five classes the other day at my track which was 58 laps and when we got done i went home and showered and we went to dinner and i was just fine I'm, there you go. I'm pretty excited about it. I, I don't have any illusions of winning the class, but I, I'm pretty – I'm actually looking forward to racing Loretta's. And, and the last time I did it in 2014, I didn't even care that I – you know, I was drinking PBR at, at, at night, and, and it wasn't uh, – you know, it wasn't a priority at all. And it's still not. I mean, I have it in perspective, but I think it's going to be really fun. I think somewhere I still have that Craigslist ad where you were trying to hire a mechanic and pay him with, with beer. <laughs> I ended up just with Al. <laughs> <laughs> and Al doesn't drink much beer. Yeah, he drinks that weird, uh, like you, the I, all you Ohio guys drink the IPA stuff, and I'm just not, it tastes like chocolate milk to me. I'm. Oh, wait, no way, don't put me in that category. <laughs> You're not that guy? Don't you drink like dingling or yingling or something? No, 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 I'm not that guy. Okay. Um I'll, I'll PBR it just like everybody else if I have to. 10-4. All right, so um, the I wanted to talk to you about High Point, too. You were there. Um, Eli Tomac, Adam Cianciarillo, that, that H-Law kid, Hunter Lawrence. What what did you think of it as a, as a race fan looking at the uh, at the 415 and 250 class? Oh, dude, it was, uh, it was one of the best races I've seen live in a long time. I mean, that 250 moto, you could have thrown a blanket over the top five guys and uh, they were just going at it the whole moto until it finally kind of towards the end separated out. Um, just really, really good racing. Those guys are, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's, it's amazing. They're on the gas, and, and it was a tough track. They had deep ruts, typical uh, uh, high point race, deep ruts, decent dirt, but difficult off-camber stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, and Tomac, I'll tell you, he um... – is he? He'll have another one, another number one plate. You think? Uh, he looked good, man. He he was tenacious. I'll give him that. He uh, he didn't have the best couple of motos, but he he finished where it counts. There was a really tough section after the tunnel jump, that stair step section, that he just somehow had it down better than everybody else. And <laughs> that's what separated, I think, all the top guys from the from the rest of the crowd. Dave, we're up against the clock in a. Hard break. I'll tell you what, always good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Good to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Always glad to, to be on and uh, always good to talk to Tony, man. I, I hope uh, hope you're doing well, bud. And Scott. Thank you. So, uh, all right. So, Dave <laughs> Selecki, Hayden Gillum, Garrett Gerloff coming up. Hour number two, Frankie Fritz and Rome Ramirez from the band Sublime with Rome. Stay tuned. Hour number two is coming up next. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires. 
starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome. Uh, hour number two of the big program. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, Sublime with Rome. Yeah, Rome Ramirez coming up a little later on in the hour. We've got uh, Superstar joining us uh, for the first guest shot in uh, hour number two, and that is, of course, Frankie Fritz. He's the star of uh, American Pickers on the History Channel, the number one program, I think, on cable, period. I mean, it's just... It, it, People watch it and they're fanatics. So they'll, they'll binge on this program. And what's not to binge on, you know? Because you got guys like Frank who know their stuff. He's the king of the bundlers. He joins us now. Frank, how are you? Great. Hold for very time. A nice evening. Well, I tell you what, we are having a great evening. But um, when I talked to you yesterday, your biggest concern was the amount of rain they've gotten, all the flooding in uh, in and along Illinois, Iowa, along the Mississippi. Uh, but we're looking ahead to the end of August for the uh, the vintage race at the uh, at the fairgrounds in Davenport. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, if the water ever gets up to the fairgrounds, you're going to see Noah's Ark because the world is coming to an end. <laughs> It's high, high and dry. Far, but, we, but we have had a lot of businesses that have, uh, I don't know if they'll be able to make it back because, I mean, they've been underwater for three, four months. How is, know, it, how, how is it affecting your business uh, in, in Illinois? Uh, it doesn't affect mine at all because the, uh, the water is real wide there. Okay. Real wide, so they don't, they don't have it. They don't really have that kind of problem. Well, thank so God. It kinda, yeah, kind of when it narrows down, when it narrows down, has it affected you and uh, and the crew as far as um, going out and picking? Have you had to adjust your schedule? What do you need for the flood? Yeah. Oh, not one bit. Really? Not one bit. We're hardly picking Iowa. 
we wouldn't be picking down there. There's nothing down there but grass and a band shell and a, uh, <laughs> and a hotel. That's about it. Frank I'll Fritz. Eat, drink, I guess. Frank, our, our, our guest, and, and Frank is connected to us because of his love for motorcycles. And Frank, a little later on uh, in the hour after our interview with uh, Rome Ramirez from Sublime with Rome, the hit band, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the top 11 motorcycles of all time. Uh, you've obviously been educated well, uh, John parham was a buddy of yours and um is there a favorite bike that you've you've been either a looking for and haven't found yet or uh, a bike that you have found and put some money into and restored uh, is, is there a favorite find for you not so much i mean you know i, I mean i've got old a lot of older bikes a lot of newer bikes i guess my favorite bike is the one that's got a battery and it'll start <laughs> that's about my that's about my favorite part but i usually take out about five to seven bikes a year i register and sure and then i ride the heck out of them and then i put them away and then i'll pick out another you know five or six bikes for the next year so they all get they all get rolled you know periodically i'm going to test you how many bikes do you remember last year when we had you on about the same time i asked right. you how many bikes you have in your collection now that was last year how many bikes do you have in your collection now Oh, not too much. I've been trying to stay out of control or stay in control. Yeah. Uh, I've probably got 140 easy. <laughs> easy. Probably more than that. And do you find yourself, I mean, you're on the road a lot uh, with the picker shell. Uh, do you find yourself, um, you know, kind of missing the ability to ride when you're on the road? Um, A little bit, you know. I mean, we, uh, um, you know, when we're on the, uh, we're on the road, we're there to work, you know, so I can ride all day long when I get home, you know. Right. It's been uh, beautiful weather here in Iowa. Everybody's got their bikes out. And, um, you know, uh, 4th of July, Algona's coming up, and then right after that, Sturgis. So we got, we got plenty of riding time left. When you say Algona, what uh, are you get, you're going to be there? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll, I'll only miss two years. Wow. It's, uh, Bay of Iowa. A Bay of Iowa's uh, um, Freedom Rally. Sure. Yeah, so that's one way that we make some revenue to keep the organization, organization going. I haven't been to that in ages, but there was uh, some pretty interesting people the last time I went. What's that event like now? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, that's kind of calmed down. I mean, I, um, when we had it at Humboldt, I remember being there was only 500 people, and then five years later there was 15,000 people. Yeah, wow. And it's, it's grown quite, but... Um, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not sure. You don't bring the kid there. Let's just say that. <laughs> it, it was, yep, I'll just leave it at that. It was, uh, and it wasn't just women that were showing. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, people, oh. Yeah, people kind of let wild or whatever. Well, and put alcohol and and that type yeah. of thing and other. I don't even, some of those people probably don't need that. They're that stupid already. But, uh. <laughs> Frank, I don't think these people were even drinking. They were like in line to get a cheeseburger or something and just like <laughs> sure. what is going on here i didn't they right. turn over uh, like a a, a, a a dozer or something one year didn't they do that a dozer um they I'm turned something sure. over i'm not sure well anyway all right uh frank fritz our guest star of the uh, hit television program that has uh, developed legs of his own but one of the reasons why is because they have very knowledgeable uh producers and very knowledgeable hosts frank you've been doing the show for how long now uh, we're working on the end of season 10, but uh, we I think we went out for eight or nine months before 
uh, our first season came out. So we, we've been on the road for about 11 years. Did they did they come to you? Did History Channel come uh, to you? Oh no 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 no! Mike pitched it for five and a half years. Wow! History told us to get lost. <laughs> Mike Channel told us to get lost. National Geographic told us to get lost. CMT said get lost. Everybody said you guys. Uh, even Marsha Bemko from uh, Antique um, Roadshow said no, good idea, but. Nobody's going to watch a skinny guy and a fat guy running around in a white truck. It'll never happen. <laughs> By the way, uh, Frank is shorter in stature with a beard. That's how you can recognize well, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, no, five and a half years, wow. and there was a little change over in personnel at History, and a lady for like the first time, usually they want you to do a bunch of sizzle reels and all that kind of stuff. She looked at a couple of her reels and said, I'll take 10 episodes right now. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so Mike was the one. I was working a straight job. I was a fire inspector for 25 years. And uh, he pushed and pushed and pushed, and, you know, here we are. You uh, are affiliated with us and the race in Davenport that takes place August 30th at the uh, And what's the fairgrounds called officially, Tony? The Mississippi Mi- Valley. Mi- yeah, Mississippi Valley. <laughs> and and they have improved the sound system, Frank, if you recall from our first year. Uh, but you are always uh, uh, very, very eager to uh, help us present the John Parham Horizon Award. Um, sure. Well, tell us what John Parham meant to you. What he meant to me was he was a straight up guy. Mm-hmm. He was he was you'd never see him mad, you never see him super happy. He was evil evil, you know, just a regular even level dude. You oh know, wow. You never know never know that you know, if you didn't know who he was, you know, you not that money makes you anything, but you wouldn't think he had, you know, two quarters of between his nickel, you know. He just was he was just a great guy. I mean, he was uh that we went in uh we go to Washington together, we go to Ole together, we go to Davenport together. And, you know, uh, his his uh, motorcycle museum is in Anamosa, Iowa, not too far from my home. So Super cool. Every while, yeah, so every once in a while I need a destination on this kicking in the gear and right up there for the heck of it. And I do have a few bikes inside his museum. Yeah, I, I, John was a, was a good guy, and, you know, he was – not associated with that race. He started the race that I that I took over, um, okay. and uh, and 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 you know that. And, and then he sold it, and uh, and then I bought the event off of Matt George, and and I was really excited to to work with John. And I had talked to John and Jill, and and you know, and I was like, um, we're going to do some, we're going to make this thing awesome, and it's going to be, you know, it's it's going to be your event again. And right. and he was sick, but um, he passed the year that I that I bought it. And, yeah, uh, four two years ago. Yep. And so it just it's just a uh, it was a it was it was I felt like it was it was something that I wanted to do with him and for him because he had so much love for that race and then didn't even go for a lot of years and uh, right. you know and it was just kind of hard I think to. For for it was it was hard for everybody to lose John. It's hard for him too because we set up right across from him and uh, yeah, you know, R- right. He got tired early. He had to have oxygen and all that kind of stuff. So it was a uh, it was tough seeing him decline in our eyes. Also, yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, I remember was where you were set up last year. You were right across the street from the. Uh, uh, the fellow who, who, and he's been on the show, but he painted Evil's uh, helmets and uh, okay. bikes. George, 
George Sedlock. There it is. A great guy, great guest, and the knowledge really and stories he tells. But also the original Indian wrecking crew. Uh, right. The history at that swap meet and, and race that whole weekend is phenomenal. You must just be swimming in it. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not swimming in it, but what I am hoping is that when me and Mike and his brother Roddy and stuff, when we started going to that motorcycle thing, we were the youngest kids. We were young kids. We were 15, 16, 17, dirt bikes. We didn't, we didn't know what a knucklehead was. We were in the dirt bikes. We look at this and I got, I mean, I bought my first car when I was 14. I still have it. Wow. But uh, we were like, uh, you know, we were the youngest there. And now as time keeps on going, keeps on going, I just hope that the young crowd can get into it, into old motorcycles and into that type of stuff. I was going to say, you're still the youngest there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, believe me, yeah. Well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> yeah. You know, so what we're just you... hoping that we get some younger people involved. You know, I know a lot of people um, don't uh, maybe understand the mechanics of it or intimidated by it or don't know how to start them or ride them or shit, you know tank shift them or that kind of stuff. But uh, I sure hope that the younger group, uh, you know, steps up a little bit and keeps the, keeps the sport alive. You know, it's it's a it's, it's an interesting group of people, the young the younger crowd. When I say younger, I mean below 40, and, and they're probably younger than that. But, right. you know, I'm 41, and I'm younger than most of my crowd that is watching the half mile. And right. that is – that's not good for for a, ah. a future, you know, down the road. We don't have a sustainable yeah. thing there. And, and so it's, it's uh, you know, vintage racing is, is you know, we've, we've got a pretty loose set of rules because we want to see motorcycles go around the track. We're, we're catering to, you know, people that just want to go racing, basically, not, not historians. And, sure, sure. and some people are offended, you know, and I get it. And, and there's a place for that. It's called Arma, and you'll see one guy in one class going around, and and that's yeah. what it, and that's what it is. And so we try to make a show out of it. And it's, I feel that the show has improved tremendously. I know the production has, but also we're not on the short track; we're on the half mile, and that's brought a lot of you know. Even though the racing isn't always better, but it just it's what people want to see. The board trackers are, are way better on the half mile. Um, this year we've got Chris Carr coming in and a whole bunch of other oh guys boy. on Astros. It's, oh, yeah. dude, it's going to be, there's a bunch, a bunch of, I'm not going to say Chris Carr is going to win it because there is a bunch of wheelers coming in on those now, Astros. When you, when you, when you say, <clears throat> to me, now when you say Astro, when I was growing up, my buddy had a 500, a 500 seat Astro. It was a Honda. No, this is Bull Taco. Bull Taco, okay. Yep, yep. So, uh, okay. The a holes on Astros is what we're. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was an Ascot. Ascot, yeah, okay. Yeah. What do we got to do to uh, get a Frank Fritz race that his name is on? Okay, he doesn't necessarily have to race, but how cool would that be? I think Frank needs to throw his leg over one if we're going to name it after him. <laughs> At least a, one lap, huh? Put a, a parade lap. Put a giant target oh. on Frank's back. What do you say? I'd probably try it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we'll I don't get, have to go fast. All I got to do is make it around. Give Frankie, give him your website, will you? Um, particularly for your store, because quite frankly, your store is very, very cool, well appointed, great selection. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> What's the website? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, where am I at? Uh, Fifty Nine Sportster. Okay. At g- gmail 
com. Done and done. Frank, it's always good to talk to you. I appreciate you remembering me after I only reminded you yesterday of who the hell I was. But uh, perhaps we can get past that in the next four or five years. you got to talk to a lot of folks. There's a ton of people in collecting that respect you and your ability to bundle. Is that your favorite thing to do? Um, You know, sometimes. Sometimes I bundle stuff together, but uh, I've been kind of slacking off that anymore. i just kind of been... Uh get a little thinner so it's not quite as much to bundle you know <laughs> we love you brother appreciate the time looking forward to seeing you in august we'll touch base prior to that of course and we'll see if we can't get a name uh, a race named after you for that event okay thank you ever so much god bless you buddy that's one of the good guys on television today frank fritz star of american pickers on the history channel we'll take a short time out come back with uh, rome ramirez of sublime with rome and we're going to be playing some of uh, sublime with rome music uh intro and outro while he's on and uh, chat it up with him see what his love for motorcycling is all about and what it means to be uh, a member of an exceedingly cool band rome ramirez is next this is pit pass stay tuned Hi, this is Henry Wilde, flat track and road racer. You're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy-duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riding who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hi, this is Leslie Porterfield from High Five Cycles, fastest woman in the world on a motorcycle. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I miss having Leslie Porterfield on the show. She was always a bright spot. A bright and shiny spot. Oh, yeah. And she's uh, highly respected for her accomplishments in motorcycling. Uh, by the way, I want to thank Frank Fritz from American Pickers. If, uh, if you haven't seen American Pickers lately, well, you need to go back in and watch some of the stuff. Because you can find it on Netflix, Hulu, et cetera. But um, it's, it's a show that's very addictive because you want to see what they buy, what they pay for it. Sure, a lot of it's set up in advance. Okay, I get it. But when they pick through a barn and they're climbing over stuff, you can't plan that. Okay? Hopefully, they'll pull something out of value. But uh, they're not afraid to go anywhere. And they do go everywhere. So thanks to Frank Fritz and American Pickers. Uh, coming up next, uh, a great guest, a great band. Uh, Jack, were you playing a little bit of the music? Can you can you bring it up again for me? Just uh, if you wouldn't mind, this portion of the show brought to you by Fly Racing and the Light Hydrogen Line. You'll find it at a dealer near you or on the website at visitflyracing.com for more details. All right, let's go to our next guest. The band is named Sublime with Rome, and they've had a, uh, well kind of a generational thing a little bit of a change over the years and when Rome Ramirez joined the band as a singer and guitarist the sound of the band changed but you know what it hasn't lost its soul and hasn't lost its goal and he joins us now does Rome Ramirez Rome how are you how you doing brother I like that it hasn't lost its soul it hasn't lost its goal I'm gonna use that would you could would you credit me just yeah. like you know cause oh, of course I would. I'm a member of Screen Actors Guild I could I could use the credit uh, <laughs> AMDB, thank you. Um, Rome, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, t- talk to us a little bit about joining the band because uh, this has really been a collaboration between uh, Eric Wilson, uh, formerly of the American ska band uh, Sublime. But as as it's grown, so has, uh, and your ad- addition to the band, by the way, uh, and your partnership, it truly has become uh, a success story in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty beautiful thing. Um, 
I, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 19 years old to pursue music as, as, a, as a profession. And then um, I ran into the bass player, Eric Wilson, uh, bass player to Sublime, and uh, it, at a studio that I then began to intern at. And I just got to know him very organically and started to help him with some recordings at his house. And then we started jamming, and then we became friends. And he asked me, if, you know, I'd, I'd want to play some Sublime songs with him at his house parties. And then one thing led to another, and it was just like we were playing a lot of like Sublime songs at his house parties. And um, a lot of his friends were like, this is, you know, awesome, man. You guys should keep doing this. And I don't know, he saw something in me that he, you know, he, he really gravitated towards. And he, uh, he asked me one day at like two in the morning if I would be willing to sing for his band. And I, I told him, absolutely, man, it would be an honor. Being the front man and for then, a yeah. band is a, is a big responsibility. Uh, largely, yeah. largely, you're regarded as a as the as the front man, but also the voice of the band, if you will. Uh, lights on. Uh, is it lights on or lights or light on? Light on. Light on. Okay. On uh, my script, it says lights on, but um, that particular video features our buddy Cole Seeley. Uh, what's the connection with motorcycles, motorcycle racing, Cole Seeley, and the band? Uh, well, this. This specific video, you know, that or the song, shall I say, is is really written about a separation um, that a person goes through when they're trying to achieve something, you know, uh, of, of greatness and trying to achieve success. You may be winning, but at the detriment of spending time with your loved ones. And, and you know, my my brother and Eric, the bass player, um, we were all just talking about like the similarities of being in the band and then being on the road uh, and like being on the road with the band and then being on the road, uh, you know, winning trophies. And we were talking about, you know, like, dang, like we already did a video with like skateboarding and stuff. So we were kicking around some other ideas and Eric's like, you know, I'm, I'm really close to the dirt biking community. Um, and he spends a lot of time out in the desert and has a lot of friends who ride as well. And, uh, and he also rides. And we just happened to brought the idea up to our manager. And he was with Troy, Troy Lee, which is like a really good friend of ours. And we didn't even think about it. For real. And, and honestly, swear to God, like we've known Troy for so long. Like Troy designed one of our band logos. He designed my personal artist logo. And Troy's the biggest sweetheart. You know, he's, yeah, I've known, I've known him for a long time. And, um, you know, we were like, yo, these are a couple of the writers that we were thinking of. And he was just like, I will call Cole right now. <laughs> Cole's like, you know, that's, that's his really good friend. And obviously we wanted Cole. You know, he's like one of the greats. Um, and, you know, still had like the same kind of passion and, and you know, really close to the SoCal sound um, and like feel. And yeah, he called. He called Cole, and Cole was like hundred percent down. Super, <laughs> just super cool, super like easy to work with. Surprise! And it was like, yeah, <laughs> if you guys want, you can just come over to my track in two days. We're 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 racing over there if you want to meet. And it was like, hell yeah! So it worked out so organically, and everybody was just so stoked. And yeah, like then we started to kind of like piece together the, the video and everything, and. You know, we were looking for like a female lead, and we asked him, 
you know, if there's anybody that he'd love to work with. And um, he was like, you know, my girlfriend's looking to kind of get into acting, and we're like, we'd, we'd love to have her come and, you know, wow. you know she digs it. And, dude, like, the connection between them two was just so organic, and it just felt so real, and we could be any happier with how it turned out. Tell me. Yeah, what's, what's cool for us is uh, Cole Needham, who is the the uh, the guy that produced your video, is yeah. is a kid that grew up racing at my motocross track here in Iowa. So, uh, that, that's how this whole I think that's I think that's how this whole interview came about. Actually, is um, is I was talking to Cole and he's done some work for us here and and uh, we're really proud of him. You know that he went out there. I call him a kid, but he's he's a man now. But um, he's a kid <laughs> to me. But uh, it's it's cool and and you know we've. A lot of synergy there with us um, because, obviously, of, of Cole and then the other Cole that we interview on the show, uh, Cole Seeley, and then uh, which, you know, us being a motorcycle show, it makes sense. But I uh, – so this is leading up to my question. I appreciate your your uh, patience, Rome. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I was a, a really big fan of, of Sublime – in the 90s, uh, before Bradley Noel died in 96, I think it was. Um, and and just like we, I'm telling you, we were, that's like all we listened to. And then Mark and I went out to California. And remember that band Fat and Tan? You ever heard of Fat and Tan? That they were out in, in SoCal, but we kind of had like, they kind of had that sublime feel and everything. And yeah, I, I still start, I try to look for them. The yeah. Three Fat Jays was one of their songs. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm cool. So, uh, so my question is, um, the, the, the old timers like us that, that, you know, we were absolutely in love with, with the band back in the day, the Bradley Noel fans too. Has there any been anybody that's ever come up and, and like been weird about it or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like fans that come up and they just go, well, you're just no Bradley Noel, or maybe you did it better. That kind of, that kind of conversation. Um, you know, I've. I'm, I'm sure at this point we've been doing it for ten years. Yeah, I, I know, but I, I can I can I can relax. I, I I can recall on more instances of people being very kind than people being outright disrespectful. Um, and I think it's kind of a thing like this: like if you go online, you'll find anything you want, right? Right. Or bad. Right. But it takes a certain person to. To find a babysitter, to go drive across town, to pay for parking, to buy the concert ticket, to buy a $15 beer, and then to spend $150 on a meet and greet to meet the band, and then diss the band. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it requires an incredible amount of effort to yeah. go out of your way to, to, to put forth negativity into something. And maybe, um, and maybe they bought the album Blessings as well, which dropped, what, May 31st? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, so I, to answer your question, um, I can't recall any direct, like, disrespectful meeting. Um, I can go online and get a whole bag full of that. (laughs) No problem. But I can't tell you how many more people we've met that have just been really positively affected. And that doesn't make for the best story, you know? Like, positive shit doesn't get the best breath. Right. You know, it it is the truth. You know, like we we do meet a lot of people who are uh, just have such a positive outlook on this, and I think the negative people they, they just tend to not come around. And I don't blame them because I don't go around places I don't. Want. 
Yeah, I I think uh, being the 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 ultra mega fan that I was back then, and listening to you guys today, I I, I have nothing but uh, high fives for you and slaps on the butt because oh, I, it's <laughs> you know what I mean. It's it's uh, I think you represent for me as a and I don't know, I don't know if it's going to come off corny, but I think you represent what Sublime is for me very well i I think that you you do you the whole band i think is is uh still really really cool and i really appreciate that because to me that that means a lot because from from a from an older stand perspective um there's certain integrity that sublime carries and always will carry uh for me as a fan before even entering the band I'll always know what sublime means to me in my heart. That's cool. And with everything that we do, uh, I know Eric does that, but from a different perspective, because he owns the band, and that's just, you know, this is his baby. Um, but for me, whenever I'm associated with something that's beautiful and sublime, like, I really try and not only implement my hardest efforts into it, but do it with respect. Because I think that's, like, the one thing that, that, a lot, like a lot of the times, you see when people try and put together something um, that that has previously worked in the past with other people, but under different optics, you know, the the integrity gets kind of lost, and then and the respect kind of goes out the window with every passing year. And I think that we've made a very conscious effort <laughs> to really try and and just respect what the band is about, and you know, who's who's really the fans of the band. We've and been on the air for. Rome, we've, we've been on the air for 16 years, and integrity is something we lost a long time ago. So we can definitely. <laughs> <we can> <laughs> hey, do me a favor. Before we are completely out of time, can we cut a promo with you? Yeah, of course. Okay, no you know the show's name is Pit Pass Radio. And if you could just identify yourself, this is Rome Ramirez of Sublime with Rome, and you're listening to Pit Pass. Would you do that for us? You got it. Do it. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? This is Rome from Sublime with Rome, and you're listening to the one and only Pit Pass. Out of the park. Dude, what are you, cutting albums for a living? Come on. That's outstanding. <laughs> What's a favorite band you've toured with? Uh, man, we toured with some awesome bands. I, you know, I still got to give it up to the Dirty Head. Um, but those guys just put on an awesome show. I mean, I like touring with them, but I don't like playing after them. I don't know how long we'll be playing after them for much longer. But um, And then there's another band that is just phenomenal uh, named The Skin, S-K-I-N-C-S. And they're, you know, they just have such a unique sound. There's nobody like them in the game, and, and they're blowing up fast for that reason alone. Well, you guys are up there, and we respect the hell out of you. Part of the iHeart Radio family we're playing your music all the time on many of our stations across the country and as much as we are sports radio we still get to play bumpers baby and jackie got one for me remember this one rome identify what is the song sounds like santa Rita, if you ask that's me. what i'm talking about baby nailed it <laughs> <laughs> rome thank you very much have you dropped your number to jack in the studio in the, our producer jack or do you want us to keep uh, in touch with your manager uh, yeah, just, just have him reach, reach back out to Zach and whatever okay. anything, me and the band will be glad to cut it, no problem. Done and done, bud. Appreciate the time, man. Best of luck to you and the band. And, and I love the new sound with the new uh, the new drummer, too. I think it's a, a dynamic sound, and I really like that mix of reggae, rock, alternative rock, hip-hop. 
all that, man. It's just it's 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 good stuff, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate the support, gentlemen. You there guys we take go. care, all right? Have Rome, a good one. Rome Ramirez, uh, of course, uh, you know him from the band Sublime with Rome. Look for him online. Tour information is there as well. Sublime with Ro- SublimeWithRome.com on the web. We'll be back. Stay tuned. It's open conversation time when we come back. Top 11 motorcycles for our industry. What have they meant to it? And do you agree or disagree? Well, we'll have an open conversation about that coming up next. Stay tuned. It's Pit Pass. Hi, I'm Danny Walker, American Supercamp, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pan designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike for more information visit flyracing.com it's much more than a piston company wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products including forged pistons precision forged clutch baskets and hubs crankshafts camshafts forged connecting rods and valves at wiseco we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle atv snowmobile personal watercraft outboard marine engine or automobile on the market today after 70 years in the business wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight pack. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka. Proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. Hi, this is Rob Dingman, President and CEO of the American Motorcyclist Association and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, it was a few years ago, actually, that uh, this article was pr- uh, pr- uh, printed, and uh, you'll you'll find it in a variety of places uh, online as well. But most notably, motorcyclist uh, online. Uh, easy enough, motorcyclistonline.com. Type in the eleven 
most important motorcycles of all time. And that's one of the reasons Mark Bennell's in uh, studio. Somebody I respect a great deal when it comes to the history of motorcycling. Uh, he's the owner of Pole Position Indoor Karting Center. It's more than that. It's a total, you know, flat-out experience. There's gaming, uh, there's racing going on, and it's super, super fast. If you have never been to Pole Position, go check it out in Grimes. It's very close, conveniently located, by Hicklin Power Sports. I don't know what's going on there in that whole strip of uh, activity there besides the cars racing by at amazing speeds, but uh, you can also get great racing at Pole Position Raceway. Mark, welcome back, a longtime host of this program as well. Glad to be back. It's uh, it's nice to come in, every, you know, once a year or twice a year, and and uh, have a nice fresh perspective on it. I, I miss it. Tony, there are motorcycles that have been credited as having changed the world, literally, in significance, power, prestige, and prominence. And we start the conversation with, uh, well, w- which one do you want to start with, PJ? They're all awesome. To me, uh, the, the one that stands out the most would probably be the GSX, 1985 GSX R750, but that's just because of my age and when I was coming into my own as a motorcyclist, that was the bike. Um, Remember that, the, the blue, the red and white? Oh, yeah, oh, and the man. blue and white. I mean, the Ninja, yes. the Ninja 900 had recently rocked our worlds right on the heels of one of the other bikes on this list. The VFR started the 80s off with a bang. And I was really into those, but the the Ninja 900 immediately uh, displaced the VFR as a serious sport bike. And much like the, as soon as the GSXR came out, the Ninja became old hat. Mark, the Honda CB750 for me was a hallmark bike. And for many, it's uh, considered to be the bike that changed everything. Why so? I think one of the reasons for, for one, it was a Honda. Yeah. And, you know, they were just kind of getting in into everything right then and, and uh, it was a you know kind of the first real four cylinder bike that was really popular, and I remember everybody when I was a kid, and I'm a little it's a little before my time, but we we all called him Dosh because dual overhead cam, you know. And <laughs> when that hit, we were kids, we didn't know what it was. <laughs> we just knew they were really cool, and every cool guy had one. And then when the when they started putting pipes on them. That's when it really turned into the thing that it was. Think yeah. about it. It, it. It debuted in 69, right? Yeah. So 1969, and they were selling more than, Tony, get this, 60,000 of them a year. Yeah. Now, do you remember any any idea what the retail price on that bike was back then? Uh, it had to be in the teens. Probably fourteen ninety nine or yeah. something like that. And probably about half of what its competitors that being a norton that being a triumph that being a bmw or a ducati that would have been in the market space that they immediately went in and dominated they're probably half the price of whatever those bikes were but what made it unique is the way they packaged it uh not only was it affordable it was also state-of-the-art technology they didn't break a lot of ground technologically speaking but they endorsed it and combined it, packaged it, put it at an affordable price, and all of a sudden America went riding. They were amazing bikes, and they what they didn't do was leak and break down, which was new for anything in that uh, in that category. Uh, the BMWs of the world and the Moto Guzzi's, I guess, didn't break down much, but they also didn't do uh, twelve second quarter miles. Tony, it had that straight on uh, a frontal approach with the 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 quad exhaust coming out, and then. 
you know, going into a combined pipe at the back. So you had, uh, you know, I thought a beautiful presentation. I thought their color selection and color offerings were phenomenal. You agree with that, Tony? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not partial I'm to I'm surprised you this. don't have one. I may. <laughs> I don't, you may have had Just one. Just haven't found it no, yet. No, I may have one now. It might be somewhere yeah. in the list. It, it, I don't know. I, Can I have it? I'm super into the old, like the KZ... The, the K- yeah K- I'm, really, I'm really into the jap the 70s and 80s jap bikes uh yeah k1's super cool the the 750 triple the the those bikes are, are really neat i've got a kz 650 that i that i bought for uh for a hooligan down at my racetrack when we had the flat track and that's a shame you know what i did to that bike but <laughs> whatever <laughs> they made millions of them they're all over the place well it was voted by the way the 750 was voted the most outstanding bike of the first 100 years of motorcycling really so think about that that's neat i i think that makes sense and and you it know does. what we've what we've gotten away from is cheap uh fun two-wheelers and that's that was what the 750 really that was its breakthrough really most important breakthrough people who had never thought of owning a motorcycle all of a sudden could look at i could own that and ride across the country gotta remember this is a time reliable yeah that's it good gas mileage and it also broke the stereotype of japan being nothing but a copycat manufacturing company or country rather and it set honda in particular aside and on its own trail and there there were a lot of fans that came along and we'll we'll uh, continue to talk about the 750 for years to come 1960 triumph t120 bonneville why is that an important bike mark well i think that's kind of the the benchmark for the european bike you know i think everybody had one it seemed like at the time and and they were the bike that was in all the movies and it was again it was you know it was a parallel twin and it was a pretty reliable bike we got to say pretty reliable because it did have (laughs) english electronics because honda hadn't hadn't wasn't a word yet in (laughs) 1960 that the entire world knew about it left left in stock condition they were reliable here's why honda did well compared to the other brands suzuki Kawasaki, Yamaha, they all sound Japanese. Honda sounded kind of American. Right. And it was and back then, I mean, that wasn't that much you know, Pearl Harbor wasn't 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 too that long ago. No. Still a little little fresh. People lived through that. Well into the nineties, my grandfather would uh, pretty much deride me for every Japanese motorcycle that I owned. Um Every single one. I yeah, can't believe he, he you're really doing gave that. Me, yeah, he he fought personally in World War II, and wow. yeah, he was more than a little crestfallen when I showed up on my newest shiny Honda or whatever Yamaha. Didn't matter. He knew they were Japanese. So from one to two, the Triumph T120 Bonneville. Let's go back to Mark. Yeah, all that you know, they, they got that bike up to 214 miles an hour in the back then. <laughs> and so that was that was something that was a big head, oh yeah head turner for everyone. And it was the had the the Daytona held the you know it was the fastest motorcycle in the world, the Triumph Daytona. Or yeah, yeah, and, and, and P, the P shooter mufflers. You remember those? Yep, and uh-huh. that 650 parallel twin is still still manufactured today. Isn't I mean, it amazing? It, it's it's almost everybody has one now they're they're racing in flat track again paul newman had yeah. one steve mcqueen had one paul mccartney had one bob dylan rode one 
I mean, that's a classic. The Fonz Road one. Who the Fonz Road one. Very well. That was. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, everybody's always. Oh, I was a Harley. No, nope, he nope. had us. He had a sporty in some episodes, but mostly Evil he was Knievel on a Road Triumph. One? Yeah, the, the Triumph Not was well, the but... thing. <laughs> no, he wrote it pretty well. 1949 Harley Davidson FL Hydroglide comes in at number three. Uh, Tony, you have become a fan, I think, if, and maybe I'm overestimating this, but you've become a fan of Harley Davidson for a lot of reasons. Why this bike, the 49 edition of the Hydroglide? Mm, I'm not. Uh, you're, you're asking. I I ride some Harleys. Yeah. I'm Does okay. that mean you're a fan? No. Okay. I'm not saying I'm not a fan, and, and we've <laughs> there ain't there's nothing like. An Ultra Glide, or whatever that thing is that I ride. What this, is that bike, PJ? It's got teles- telescopic fork. That's one a real good. Things. Yeah, that was for this bike. The one yeah. you ride, I th- you. A it's CDL. a full. Dr- oh. You have the full dresser, well, and you also have a Fat Boy. I think that you've yeah, ridden in on. Yeah, I got the Fat Boy, but the the Ultra Ultra Classic. Yeah, it's the full dress Ultra Classic. Well, this, I don't know their nomenclature. This much particular like bike is the one that inspired millions of imitations. Both uh, from within Harley Davidson's own styling department, but also as the Japanese jumped on the bandwagon and began building American style heavyweight cruisers. We go to the next bike, number four on the list. This one is, I don't think there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, contention about this or at least disagreement, uh, but the 1923 BMW R32. Mark, what does this bike remind you of? And if you say Harley Davidson, I won't disagree. Uh, no, actually, to me, it reminds me of a Triumph when I look at it. But, really? But, yeah, that that bike I'm not all that familiar with. Has a swept-back look. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it it looks like uh, like what somebody would build today, a cafe racer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there are, in fact, some very currently very cool customs that are reminiscent of this. BMWs, in fact, where gentlemen have customized modern ones to have this motorcycle's very silhouette. Uh, BMW is my world. I grew up on them really? and participated in vintage BMWs for decades. Uh, this this bike is important from a technological standpoint, most importantly, and it put BMW on a path other than their World War One airplane role, put them into the motorcycle slash automotive world and they showed what they could do this the bike led to every important bmw after it and that r32 by the way bmw r32 max frizz uh, designed this thing and he would not have put his name on it if they hadn't had that power transfer via shaft drive that was a huge deal because prior to that most bikes matter of fact majority of the bikes were all chain right and uh this this really was a a neat departure from that Give you a completely different uh, sense of control. Uh, the Harley, excuse me, the BMW engines were very, very cool, I think. Uh, boxer configuration, cooling, and a recirculating wet sump oil system. It was a remarkable design. And for instance, uh, his design deserves so much credit. Even 90 years later, it still, still forms the foundation of BMW's most popular models. Uh, number five, Vincent Black Shadow, the 1948 edition. It's been immortalized on drag strips, dry lake beds, and even celebrated in song, but the Black Shadow's most lasting impact, perhaps, was its influence on future motorcycle design. Agree or disagree, Mark? Again, there's one that totally went cafe racer. Mm. You know, so it does. It has a lot of Norton in it, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, he he just out Norton uh, Norton the the designer behind uh, Phil Irving uh, behind Vincent and all their offerings. 
it's known as the Gentleman's Express for a reason. Yeah. That is literally what this bike is called. Easily capable of well in excess of 100 miles an hour in an era where that meant something. Airplanes could only go, you know, they had just crested that number recently. Uh, that was a gorgeous bike. Yeah, they're they're incredibly beautiful. Still rebuilt by guys who just love machinery. They're beautiful bikes. About nine minutes as we head to the top of the hour. We're looking at the top 11. If we get all 11, cool. If we don't, I'm cool with that because the next bike on the list is perhaps the most recognizable for most of us across the country, no matter where you ride or race. It is the 1973 Honda CR250 Elsinore. Mark Bennell, why is this an important bike? Game changer. I mean, it really showed that Honda had a finger on the pulse of what the motocross world was really looking for uh, kind of put an end to the you know i mean i used, that's about when i started racing and i rode, rode some motorcycles that i carried a whole extra gear set around because i had to put gears in them in between the motos like i'd drop one of my makos would drop second or third gear every other moto so really I, i'd have yeah i'd have to take the transmission apart and put gears in it wow what yeah, seriously. It was quite common. I told you it's a good mechanic. Honda yet again shows up with a reliable piece that lets you just go racing. Yep, exactly. But this bike was uh, designed specifically for road racing, and the Japanese had never designed anything like this, um, but it is a tricked-out bike for sure, coming from the factory, very reliable, very inexpensive. Uh, and it was named after Southern California's epic Elsinore Grand Prix, or Grand Prix, if you will. Um, and it's straight from the the race shop to the track. You could just go racing the moment you got it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Gary, uh, Gary Jones won, you know, the national championship that year, one of his four. And, uh, yeah, I've talked to him a little bit at some of the races when we used to race, and, and it, was, it was a very easy transition for him. You know, he, from making his own motorcycles to that one to whatever he was doing, but and yeah, and Honda was really known as by then even a four-stroke company. Right. They were a four-stroke company and the, and proud of it. So making a two-stroke, a really good one, um, just showed the, how diverse they could be if they what wanted. What do we to. average uh, like KTM? What is KTM averaging horsepower now uh, on say a bike that would be comparable to this? Sixty. Uh, a 252 stroke. Okay, I mean, well not, a 252 stroke. I would say you're in the 40s. Right. This Upper was 40s. this was 29 yeah. horsepower, yeah, 50, guys. 50. 29 horsepower, and but, it was uh, super lightweight. That was the thing that it was that wasn't in the industry at that time. And it didn't break. Right. And killer the, aluminum had, gas tank. Had, had the killer aluminum gas tank, and it had the powder coated uh, pipes. I just think it, it was a complete departure from what we knew prior to that. Next up, the 79 Yamaha RD. 400F Daytona special. Tony Wing. I had a 77, I believe it was, RD400 that I rode. I <clears throat> I bought it. I bought it at Country Cycle. Because you needed to come to town. I You were having, <laughs> you had a suite. Yep. I, you had a suite at the Cubs game, and I thought, That's man, exactly that is super right. cool. And I, and I, so I went to Donnie and I said, hey, what do you have that I can borrow? And he said, nothing. And I go, <laughs> I really want to ride a street bike. And he said, I'll finance you this one. What is it? And it was this. It was mint, and I, I remember ruined it. I didn't understand. Oh man, they're worth a million. They are. You worth didn't understand the mint. significance. I didn't know what it, what I had, and I I ruined the thing and sold it oh. for like nothing. Oh, they're worth a ton. Four hundreds in particular. I rode it up and down 
the, the steps and and like oh, breaking my heart, Tony. Road, motocross the thing, bash just, the pipes in and all of it. <laughs> I'm oh. telling you, it was showroom when I oh, bought it. Oh man, it was bikes. when I saw it. I was like. Oh, oh, you would boy. have had uh, you would have had a jade green or a Daytona orange were the options in '79, I think, or silver. Uh, there was also a blue one. There was also a blue and silver. Mine was bright red with white white jag stripes or whatever. Oh yeah, that, I call that the Daytona orange. It, it, it looks red, but it was they actually called it orange. So it's a two-stroke killer two-cylinder parallel twin. I would wheelie that thing, and here's here's what happened. I was going down South Union. I wheeled wheelied it through the stop sign and went from basically where Kung Fu is all the way to almost Army Post. And the thing, I don't know if it was because it was vertical and that was a problem or what, but I the thing seized on me. Yeah, that happens. When oil. You uh, well, you ran out of you ran out of fuel probably and two stroke oil because it probably was struggling to pump it. So it's scavenging, scavenging the, bottom. the pump. Yeah. So it seized yeah. on me, and it was making this. And then there was a cop. It was crying. And so I'm like, what is I, 19, maybe yeah. 18, something like that. And there was this cop. So I ditched the thing behind Mike Hayes' house, <laughs> and we, who's passed now. And we, uh, so I, we went and we were like, well, we're having a party. So I'm just going to go hang out at the Hickman's. And then uh, I went and got the thing the next morning, and it started, and I was surprised. Sure, it did. The, the rings had kind of reformed. Yeah. So anyway, I, <laughs> I had that bike, and That's I ruined crazy. it because I'm a fool. You I didn't know. It. All right, uh, final bike we're going to get to in the hour is the 1980. And this one I disagree with. Uh, it's level of importance. I'm sure there are many of you out there that will disagree with me. But the 1980 Honda GL 1100 Goldwing Interstate. Um, Honda's Goldwing really invented the modern luxury touring concept. Of, and, and if you know what I'm talking about, it was a comfortable bike. It was a big bike. You really thought you had something between your legs. And you did because you had an, a, a step-up seat for the rider on the back, the, the, the guest, if you will, the chick seat. But uh, this was a bike that really caught the uh, interest of a whole lot of folks that, for what, one reason or another, had kind of left riding because they no longer wanted to ride the dirt bike style. Well, this one took – and put you right back on the road. I, you say you don't think it's important. I think that's probably the most important for on-road that you've mentioned because you could go literally across country, and it was built for that. You're, you're, you, it wouldn't shake you apart. That thing run like when it's when it's correct, it ran like a sewing machine. They're super smooth and, and very still, powerful for the era. Very powerful. They're still powerful. Yeah, a new Goldwing rips yeah dude, you, 100 120 horsepower from zero to red line they dude, are just super so strong cool they you, and you see you can find a video of a guy dragging his knee on a gold wing <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> impressive there's Those a things. guy that does the deals gap out in uh out in the north georgia south tennessee yeah the the deals gap area on a yellow gold wing that just kills it fully dressed i mean this bike looked good uh, and, and a lot of guys had them custom painted. I know my buddy uh, Randy's dad had one that had custom painted, but 1100 cc sounded good. It it wasn't too loud, but uh, it was it was amazing. It's been 38 years, 38, 39, 40, 41 years since an inter, inter, its introduction, and nothing truly has approached the wing in its uh, terms of performance, function, comfort, or style. I think the gold wing is to uh, touring what Harley is to cruisers. Everybody, the, Kawasaki had the Voyager, Suzuki had the Cavalcade, Yamaha, all of them have 
copy gone by the gone by the wayside. The Goldwing has remained, and they've all it's been duplicated, but never or, or replicated, but never duplicated. Mark? What, what's missing on the list? I think should have been the YZ four hundred. I'm going to say the Husaberg, but that's you know personally. Yeah. But the YZ four hundred four stroke motorcycle should change change dirt bikes forever, and I don't think in a good way. Mark, <laughs> and there <laughs> it is. is. Mark, there it is. We, we appreciate you coming in and joining us from Pole Position Raceway and Grimes. Always good to see PJ in the studio, guys. Thank you so much. Let's go karting. Let's do it. Let's go karting. Go karting. Anyway, hey, thanks to Garrett Gerloff, Hayden Gillum, Dave Selecki, Frank Fritz, and Rome Ramirez of Sublime with Rome. For all of us in the studio, Tony Wink and yours truly, Scott Casper, thanks for listening. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.